Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello and welcome. I am your host, Michael Moorcroft. The world is full of unseen forces. Let me be your guide as we lift the veil and peer into the face of the unknown. This is The Mage as well, your 101 guide to all things witchcraft and spiritual. Hey Mages, welcome to the Samhain bonus episode on Honouring the Dead. As Samhain was also known as a time to remember and reflect on those who had departed this world. Just a little trigger warning today, I speak about my personal experiences of losing a relative and also suicide. It's a small reference, but it's best to bear it in mind. Now, one of my first memories of death was my grandmother's. I was in my parents' bedroom with my father, who was on the phone to my mother. I remember him hanging up the phone and telling me, the information slowly sinking in and it took me a while for me to actually understand before I started crying. Now I would hold on to that delayed reaction and feel guilt for years over it, not understanding that I was processing loss as a young child. I remember my father bursting out into manical laughter to distract me and I hated him for it and I never quite understood why he did what he did. I guess we all have our own ways of facing acknowledging and processing death. They say that in the future we will be immortal, meaning we will not die from old age or from illness. We will however still be vulnerable and so life will be a constant battle to limit risks, accidents and danger. Grief over death will become unbearable as the emotion will last and stay with us for an eternity. In our current time capsule bodies, we at least have the assurance that our suffering will one day end. It places an expiry date on our grief. Our thoughts and understandings around death are so complicated and multifaceted. For my 18th birthday party, a psychic came to the house to read for my friends and I. The room filled with excited murmurs as it was announced she had arrived. The psychic went round the room 
around all my friends and lastly came to me where she said your grandmother says sorry for scaring you in the middle of the night i locked eyes with my mother the only other person who knew about the strange occurrences happening to me whilst i slept of me waking up to strange sounds in my room of a feeling of a presence that i couldn't describe it reached a crescendo one night when I woke to the sound of breath in my ear and air blowing over my cheek. In sheer terror, I frantically flung back my bedsheets and ran for the light switch. But I was alone. The light had revealed something otherworldly was afoot. Your grandmother says she's sorry for scaring you in the middle of the night. The words echoed around my head as I realised there was more to death than I'd initially thought. In tarot decks, the scythe-wielding skeleton, title death, strikes fear into the hearts of querents. Tarot professionals, me included, reassure that it symbolises change and transformation. These are the only guarantees we can rely on in this life, as well as death, currently. And to fight or resist one or the other is to fight or resist our destiny. Today's episode, I want to talk about death and how to honour those who have passed and transformed from the physical into the unknown. Burials, it's thought, were amongst the first settings that magic and rituals played a part. Evidence for such rituals dates back to nearly 100,000 years, and we've seen a lot of burial practices within that time. We've seen the Egyptians carefully mummify their deceased. We've got the Mexican Day of Dead, in New Orleans, jazz bands march with the funeral procession, sombre and cathartic at first, but becoming more upbeat once the burial is complete. In South Korea, the ashes from cremation are pressed into gem-like beads. The colouring is either black, pink or turquoise. These beads are then displayed in the family home. In America, more eco-friendly options of burial are entering the mainstream. Eternal Reefs is a company that offers to compress the remains of a loved one into a sphere, which is then attached to a reef, the result being that you can become a habitat for sea life. Now, Bhutan is the happiest country in the world, and people may think that this is actually due to the fact that its citizens think about death around five times a day. A study found that when we contemplate on death, we're quick to see the positive in life. In Bhutan, when someone dies, there is a 49-day grieving period where customs and rituals are carefully planned. It's customary in some cultures for those who are dying to receive some sort of tattoo to help the psychopomp deity of that culture. Now, a psychopomp means, uh, it's a Greek word, and it means guide of souls, and it's a figure that helps those who have died pass over into the other world. Now, the tattoos were placed on the person as they lay dying. It acted as a marker or a beacon for the psychopomp to guide their souls and cross them over. The tattoo upon death also acted as a ticket in some sorts and was applied to the hand or inner wrist. And it's actually thought that this is where the idea of tattoos originated from. Throughout Western Europe, there are 40,000 megalithic tombs, and these are often huge stone structures that house the dead. 
a prehistoric burial site located in Liguria, Italy, called Arene Candidae, shows signs of ritualistic behaviour, and it could actually be the oldest example of ritual in the world. These ancient peoples would paint their deceased with oblong pebbles, and once they finished, they would smash the pebble in half, leaving one half with the deceased and take the other as a memento of those they had lost, and to have a link back to them. When looking at these things, I started to think, how do we honour our dead, and are there any rituals we can do and perform around this concept? Just a heads up, I've interpreted honouring the dead quite broadly, and the rituals and therefore their purposes vary as well, so I've broken them into key areas. Easing Passage It's said that placing rosemary in the deceased's hands will protect them from trouble in passing over. The same is said for placing sulphur in the coffin, it wards off evil. You could also burn juniper during the funeral, again with the same idea of warding off evil spirits. There's also an Australian Aborigine custom that I found, where a male cuts off the lock of hair from a deceased male relative. He weaves it into a belt and gifts it to the eldest son of the deceased. It's thought that the wearing of it passes on positive male traits to the eldest. Burning cypress, angelica and juniper is said to ease the passage as it opens a rift into the next world. You could also burn myrrh. There's also a concept in ancient Middle Eastern cultures where women would scream and wail during funerals with this same idea to help pierce the veil and to help transport the soul into the next world. Sometimes the dead need help in crossing over, or gentle reminders. Now I got this next ritual from 5000 Spells by Judica Ills. Give an offering of their favourite drink while burning frankincense, sandalwood and benzoin. Light a white candle and bring them to your mind. Now for the spell part, you repeat their name a lot, and this is to avoid confusion and to point out that you are talking to them. For this, I'm going to use the name John Smith as an example, else it just gets too confusing. So, you would say, I light this candle for John Smith. I remember John Smith, and I will always remember John Smith, even though John Smith has departed. I wish John Smith peace, love and safety. May John Smith rest in peace. Our love journeys with you forever. Anubis is an Egyptian god and presides over the dead and their souls. Now he guards the gateway between this world and the Hall of Judgment where souls were supposedly weighed and rewarded with an afterlife if they were virtuous while alive. He also invented the concept of embalming and mummification. He earned this position in the Egyptian pantheon as he was abandoned in a necropolis, like a huge ancient cemetery, and jackals raised him. He's a favoured entity for psychics and mediums, as he protects them and makes sure only benevolent spirits come through to them. Good offerings would be beer, wine, or spirits, and also bones and other symbols of death. And you could try this simple prayer, which I got from Patty Wigington. The prayer is to Anubis, and it pays homage to those you have lost. O Anubis, mighty Anubis, you would insert the name of the person that you've lost here, has entered the gates to your realm. And we ask that you deem him worthy. His spirit is a brave one, and his soul is an honourable one. 
O Anubis, mighty Anubis, as you take his measure and weigh his heart as he stands before you, know that he was loved by many and will be remembered by all. Anubis, welcome, the person's name, and deem him worthy of entrance, that he may walk through your realm and be under your protection for all eternity. O Anubis, mighty Anubis, watch over the name of the person as he bows before you cleansing now it said death opens up a portal but that portal can also become dangerous to the living if someone has died in your home take a brush that you aren't afraid to lose and sweep the entire house burn what you have collected outside your house and then you can dispose of the brush at a crossroads or alternatively you could keep the brush as a summoning tool to that person that you have just lost Covering the mirrors, it's quite a common belief, and it happens all over the world, people cover their mirrors. And it comes from the idea that if the spirit of the dead sees their reflection, it will upset them and disturb them. Another good one that I came across is any water that was standing while the person died must be thrown away, as well as the deceased's shoes, should they desire to come back and try and fill them. It also isn't recommended that other members of the household should try and wear them either. Tending and remembering the dead. Planting flowers on the grave and actually watching how they grow can indicate how a person's soul is faring and if they are happy. If the plant thrives, then there's no need to worry. If it struggles, then the deceased isn't happy and is struggling with coming to terms with their death. Marjoram is said to be a clear indicator. If you notice the plant isn't happy, planting aloe vera on the grave is said to appease the spirit and soothe it. It helps with this feeling of loneliness and eases the desire to live. Chamomile is also said to have a similar effect. You could also do a dumb supper, and I really love this idea and I've only recently come across it. A dumb supper is thought to be the precursor to Samhain, although some say it's from Ozark and Appalachian folklore, where unmarried diners discover who their husbands will be, as kind of like a Samhain love ritual. But today, it centres more around the dead. Basically, a dinner party is thrown in complete silence. Each of the guests brings a letter that they've written to someone they've lost. And after the meal, the letters are burnt at the place where the spirit was seated. The message is thought to be carried to the other world. You could also place some dried mugwort in the letter. Everyone must wear black, and the source of light is only from black candles. The table is to be laid in all black, and spaces are left for those who have passed, particularly at the head of the table. You could also have pictures of them placed on the table as well. The food served tends to be seasonal, but it could also be favourite dishes of those who have passed over. And it also tends to be cooked in silence as well. The guests could come round to make their own dish or offering, and before the cooking starts, you could recite this to set the mood, presuming that you decide to do it on Samhain. This is the night when the gateway between our world and the spirit world is thinnest. Tonight is the night we call out to those who came before us. Tonight we honour our ancestors, spirits of our ancestors, we call to you. And we welcome you to join us for this night. We know you watch over us, always, protecting us and guiding us. And tonight we thank you. We invite you to join us and share our meal. And that was from Patty Wigington.
If this is something that you'd like to do, and I realise I'm releasing this on Samhain, you can actually do it tomorrow as well, where the energy is still permeating and it's still present. Saying goodbye. Sometimes we aren't granted the opportunity to say goodbye. Our loved ones can be snatched away at any point. The result is feelings of unfinished business, a lack of closure and regret, especially if your last words to this person were unkind. However, in many Romani cultures, it's never too late to say goodbye. Offer a libation of water or whatever drink is appropriate at the grave, as well as a small gift, and then simply speak to the dead. Be open to receive a message shortly after. Candle Ritual Now this next one is a really simple candle ritual. When I found out an old work colleague had committed suicide, there was a void inside of me, and it was like nothing I'd ever felt in my adult life. Grief is different when you're a child. You don't realise the permanent status of death. I was shell-shocked and felt completely empty. But I also felt like I had something to say. So I did this really simple candle ritual where I lit candle for my colleague and I placed it in some salt water. And I just spoke to him as if it were a normal conversation. And I covered how I thought of him as alive and our relationship with each other. And I said goodbye. It's not groundbreaking. I'm not going to lie. It isn't groundbreaking at all. But the comfort that it offered me was astounding and I had to share it. You could take it a step further, you could carve their name into a white candle and just light it whenever you wish to speak to them. And if you're having difficulty of letting go, or if you feel that they've been trapped, I've actually found a sigil that will ease these feelings and help the spirit move on. It's called a Psychopomp Sigil, and it's by Laura Tempers Krakow. This sigil was created with keeping in mind forgiveness and comfort to releasing the spirit and providing guidance. Now I've posted the sigil on the Majors Well Instagram, but to find out more, you can actually find it on patheos.com. You could also dress the candle with galbanum oil. It helps bridge the gap between the worlds and aids in passing. Perhaps while sat in front of this candle, you could write a letter to the person whose name you've carved into it and put into this letter whatever you want. Do not censor yourself. Maybe you're angry they've left. Maybe they've hurt you without closing the issue maybe you miss them write down whatever comes up and place it beneath the candle disposing of it when you feel ready now before i wrap up i just want to give you guys a heads up i'm doing a giveaway with my mate rue rue makes beautiful historical jewelry and to celebrate the podcast new season and with it being Samhain or halloween we're offering you a chance to win one of rue's memento mori rings it's basically a ring with a series of skulls that Rue has created by hand, and it's inspired by the Parisian catacombs and a 15th century skull ring. And rosary beads have been kept in mind as well, as as you wear it, you can spin it around your finger and enter a contemplative state. To enter, head over to the Instagram page, you'll see the post, it's a video, and the terms and conditions are in the caption and also within the video. We've made it super easy to enter because we hate these competitions where there's a ridiculous set of terms. We've made it super easy and the competition closes tonight at midnight. It doesn't matter where you are in the world, enter and be in with a chance to win a brass or silver ring. I often wonder what life would be like if my grandmother was still around.
if she's proud of the life that I'm building, of the man I'm becoming. I often speak to her and tell her that I miss her. And to honour my grandmother's passing, and to tip the hat of her nightly watch of me, I keep a picture of my grandmother next to my bed, so she can carry on watching over me. And majors, that's it. That's a wrap for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. My intent with this podcast is to provide guidance and inspiration for those on their spiritual path. I also want to connect you to information that is both useful and reliable. Would you like to support me and encourage me in creating more episodes? With your support, I can give the podcast more time and create more quality content. You can support me through Patreon and gain access to exclusive content and be part of the Majors Well community, as well as being in the communal sugarpot spell. The link is in the episode description. You could also support me by following my Instagram at the Majors Well, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, and telling your friends about the show. Please get in touch with anything you'd wish to share at themajorswell at gmail.com, and you may just get featured. A big thank you to Coral St. Clair for the podcast artwork. And before I go, I'll leave you with this poem called Because I Could Not Stop for Death by Emily Dickinson. Because I could not stop for death, he kindly stopped for me. The carriage held but just ourselves and immortality. We slowly drove, he knew no haste, and I had put away my labour and my leisure too for his civility. We passed the school where children strove, at recess in the ring. We passed the fields of gazing grain, we passed the setting sun, or rather, he passed us. The Jews drew quivering and chill, for only gossamer, my gown, my tippet, only tool. We passed before a house that seemed a swelling of the ground, the roof was scarcely visible, the cornice in the ground. Since then, tis centuries, and yet feels shorter than the day. I first surmised the horses' heads were toward eternity. Peace out, witches.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 